right, hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of From the Lighthouse. I'm Stephanie, and I'm joined here today by our producer, Jimmy. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, Steph. And Dr. Lee O'Brien, who has kindly um, volunteered to talk to us today about one of her favourite things in the world, which is The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Now, this particular collection of stories turns 125 this year, and so we thought we'd celebrate its 125th birthday by talking about some of the adventures of Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson, and this collection is blessed with some of the greatest, I think, uh, Holmes short stories. So, Lee, you just reread all of these stories. Yes. How did you go? Well, I was thinking, um, because I knew the podcast was coming up, and I thought, I know these stories so well, but I'd like to actually have them fresh in my mind. So I just started reading them, because I couldn't put them down. Yeah. And I... I, I don't know. What did you ask me? What, what what's so special about? Well, yeah, yeah. So how what, did you how did you feel? The, yeah, how did you feel yeah. going back to them? Did you enjoy them more or less? Did what did um, you enjoy about them? I, it was funny because I know I know Jimmy loves a scandal in Bohemia, and I was a bit bothered. <laughs> I, I I thought I thought how clunky it was and how clunky mm. the plot is. It's quite sexist too. Oh. Deeply so, yeah. <laughs> but you know he has an aversion to women. <laughs> he does have an aversion. They to actually him. say that. Yeah, they use that phrase about him in one of the stories. And um, I, so I, I thought it was, I, because I, I always think of Conan Doyle's story, the Sherlock Holmes stories, as being perfect plots. Hmm. I know there's holes in them, and people, a lot of editors nowadays, do a lot of checking of all mm. the facts, and they find that they're wrong which I think is completely missing the point of the stories. But I always thought that you actually, when you're drawn into the stories, you believe the narrative yeah. set up. And I found I didn't in A Scandal uh, in Bohemia, but I did for most of the rest of them. So um, the, I, I know Jimmy will probably defend it fiercely <laughs> in a minute. But uh, just, 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 and, and the, the generalisations he make about, makes about women just mm. drive me right up the wall. You know, if you set fire to a room, the married woman will go for her baby. The single woman mm. will, will reach for her jewels. Yes, right. Okay, so you, And she will, she will defend her secrets, you know. Oh, oh yes. Because all, so all women have... All women are like that. Have all think, these well, if, secrets. If, if this is the quality of his intellect, then I don't know why he's so famous. But um, I, I, a couple of things struck me. You were mentioning um, the um, the red-headed league, and I I thought what is so brilliant about these stories is that he takes such very ordinary ideas, like somebody having very red hair, yeah, <laughs> or the 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 five orange pips, yeah. Somebody opens a an envelope and the pips, the little little ordinary pips, fall out, and and he takes these very ordinary things and weaves this magically yeah. melodramatic crime story around them and the man with the twisted lip you, mm. you think he's a, a young um, man of the city and he's actually the beggar mm. he gets his, 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 um, he's living by begging and he's caught up with the, the evil Lascar and mm. the opium den so I again I love the way you get in these stories that linking of crime with the ordinary, even though the plots are extraordinary mm. in, in terms of what happens. So I, all, I I just love that about them. And I think, too, I really like the sinister nature of the Copper Beaches, for example. Mm. 
where this young um, woman has, has takes on this really strange uh, uh, job as a, a, as a governess and she has to cut off all her hair. And she gradually realises it's a classic Gothic mechanism. Yeah. There's a young woman imprisoned in the house and a really nasty crime is unfolding. So that... It, it, I found what I expected. I thought the story, once he got into his stride, I just thought the stories were, were brilliant. And just as I always have felt about them, I guess the final problem, people tend to pick holes in that, that it's a bit melodramatic and all the rest of it. But no, it was just, it was just, it's just the, and of course, we've got Holmes and Watson. Yeah. Two of the greatest characters in all of English lead. For me, Watson is... I think I've been in love with Watson for a long, <laughs> <laughs> a long while. I just... And I I suddenly... I started to think about the narration a bit more clearly in detail reading it this time. And I loved... I grew to like Watson's silences. Often when Holmes says something really outrageous... This silent, you, and, yeah. and you, you know from other parts of the narration that Watson is really bothered. The best instance of that is at the end of um, the case of identity, where he figures out that this nasty man, um, her stepfather, he's married to her mother, and they're, they're swindling. It's a swindle. He he, mm. he um, impersonates a, a lover so that she won't leave, and he'll lose access to her money. And at the end of it, when Holmes has sorted it all out. Um, he's figured out the truth and Watson says well what about Miss Mary Sutherland and Holmes says oh I'm not going to tell her she won't believe me Um, if you take a delusion away from a woman you know you can no more do that than take a a cub away from the tiger Yeah. and that's the end of the story Watson never (laughs) responds and it's only when you've read them all that you know Watson is sort of reeling from the inhumanity of the man he thinks is the best man he's ever met so I grew to lie. I just thought, it, 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 the more I look at these stories, the more I think Watson is just such a brilliant <laughs> character and narrator. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. Um, and here's my defense of uh, scandal a scandal in, in yeah. Bohemia. Yeah. Uh, Holmes is not really my favorite character. He's never been no. my favorite character throughout the entire story. And just, I suppose, in the same way that you were in love with Watson, I probably was in love with Irene Adler. Because <laughs> I just thought she was such a wonderful character in that um, she worked on uh, Holmes's weakness in a way that almost no other character works on his weakness, yeah. which is in a way his misogyny or his his um, sexist attitude. You know, she sort of mm. plays with that and she mm. deceives him um, mm. in a way that he has never really been deceived before. Yeah. Which because just, he doesn't think a woman is capable exactly, of it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And yeah. I thought, you know, she just does it so brilliantly. Uh, and of course, I love the BBC adaptation of Irene Adler. I think, you know, Irene Adler as a dominatrix is <laughs> just superb. <laughs> um, but for me, Holmes is, I mean, he's actually quite annoying as, as a character, oh, yeah. personally. Yeah. Like, I mean, I find him quite an annoying character. And what actually drew me into all these stories is the fact that a scandal in Bohemia was first uh, yeah. amongst them mm. because I got to see him defeated. And he fails, he, he yeah. He fails, and you never see him fail again. Mm. And it was almost like, well, if that came later on in the sequence, I might have been, oh, yeah, there's a lot of issues with this particular story. But I was willing to overlook a lot of those issues only because it gave me that first real failure of Sherlock Holmes. I mean, mm. he hints at, I think he says uh, he's been defeated uh, four or five times. Yeah. Uh, once by a woman and twice by a man or something to that mm. nature. And he never, mm. but we never hear those cases. Yeah. 
even with uh, Moriarty, you know, yeah. he really does defeat Moriarty in the end as much as, yeah. you know, unless you have the, the original ending, genius. the evil genius, he still defeats him. <laughs> yeah. But Irene Adler is the one person who gets away, and Irene Adler is the one person that he, you know, puts the title The Woman yeah. to, because, you know, she, uh, she plays him. She does play him. She, she plays and him. And it was really easy to do. And it was really yeah. easy to do. And that's the part that, that I love. You know, she did it so effortlessly. It, you know, here's the most brilliant man that you know, yeah. Watson or anybody has ever met. Yeah. And here comes Irene Adler. And boom, just like that, she gets him. And, and it's quite clear that it's her, you know, that, that walks past him in the street. Yeah. And it's quite, you know. Yeah, but once he doesn't. Yeah, and you think, what are you doing, yeah. Sherlock? Like, yeah. you know, yeah. I, we yeah. can we can see yeah. this. And she butters him up so shamelessly yeah. in the letter. <laughs> Even with all this, you made me reveal my secret. <laughs> this stupid clunky idea mm. of all the actors out in the street mm. and the smoke bomb. Mm. I mean, it's just plain silly. Mm. Yeah, and it it really does make you wonder. As setting up. I think you're right. Is setting up Holmes as the one who's who can't be beaten and who is invincible and always knows best. Mm. It it really makes the whole machinations of the plot too obvious, mm. and you have to take on you have to believe too much silliness to believe that Holmes is is had any any chance in that story. So that was, I just. I just couldn't go along with it. Yeah, I mean, one of the um, things that, again, I'm sort of bringing up my thesis again, uh, but one of the things that I proposed in my thesis was that um, uh, one of uh, the things I noticed about Holmes is that he has a weakness when it comes to disguise, uh, when people wear disguises, because he does a lot of disguise himself to trick other people, and he's often tricked by disguises himself. Um, No more so than with Irene Adler. Adler tricks him more than anyone else. But we look at um, the man with the twisted lip, Initially, he was deceived. He was tricked by this. Mm. It took him a little while to sort of figure mm. it out. It's like, hang on, yeah. now yeah. I got it. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, if he has an Achilles heel of some sort, it's yeah. it's masks, it's disguises, mm. and it's almost like like Irene Adler taught him that lesson. Mm. It's like, here's what you are really yeah. weak at because I yeah. disguised myself and you couldn't recognize me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what 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 struck me again about rereading this because I just reread. Um, the, the stories on the weekend too. Um, in the scandal in Bohemia, the the king when it, when he finds out kind of what she's up, you know, yeah. what she's really up to, yeah. she, he says, "Oh, what a great woman," you know. And so you know that <laughs> that we're not all. She was beneath me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even though she was beneath me, she was in, in fact, you know, beneath me on a social level. Um, she's in fact horrendously intelligent and, and great. And and yeah. like, yeah, Conan Doyle doesn't want you to go along with with. Sherlock Holmes. He wants you to look at Sherlock Holmes's attitudes towards women and, and see them for what they are, and that they're his weakness. Because he hated, he didn't didn't like Holmes at all. He was desperate to get yeah, rid of him. Had, they had there were some funny letters where yeah, one so of it, his it, friends it, said send him off the make him die in the falls. At least you don't have to pay for the funeral. <laughs> but I mean, you can see that like he's not yeah, he's not he represented gets, in this kind of you know no, god. Like not, I never. think that we mm. see we we have perhaps have a mm. a kind of cultural afterlife of him where he's set up as like. Um, you know, infallible and um, godly, yeah. but um, I don't think that's He's there not in the nice stories. With it. No, it's not there yeah. in the stories, and it's not there in Watson's. Although Watson loves him as a friend and admires him deeply as a man, he's never blind to his faults. Yeah. This is why I get so annoyed when they, when in any portrayals of Watson as an idiot, because he's not. Yeah. He's actually very smart in what he can see, although it's a kind of ordinary man's smartness. And he can see through Holmes. It's just that he sees all the other good things about him 
and the things that he values. But yeah, I, I, I think the stories are always more complex than the accounts of them would lead mm. us to think, except maybe Sherlock. I mean, they get, in the BBC Sherlock, mm. they get wonderful um, complexities in that. Although we, in our Sherlock yeah, in podcast, our previous we, yeah, um, Michelle and Steph both you know, hated the last <laughs> Yeah, I didn't like the last one. <laughs> I, 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 I seem to be it. the exception. <laughs> Yeah. I think it's nice to revisit yeah. the stories though after yeah. because we just we know so many of them you know yes. they, we know there's been so many adaptations of the scandal in yes. Bohemia there's yes. a lot of these stories you know the the red-headed league the the five orange pips the speckled band um, yes. they're so kind of there in the kind of cultural imagination yes, it's nice are. to go back yeah. to the original stories yeah. and uh, the one that I, that actually stood out for me in this collection I have read it before but I hadn't read it for years yeah. um, was the Red-Headed League I just thought it was so clever yeah. <laughs> you know that the idea of, of of them staging a burglary by setting up a fake club for red-headed, red-headed men where they have to type out the encyclopedia it's just yes. so outlandish yes. but it makes sense yes. within the story and I love the little banker who yeah. comes in and he just doesn't believe any of this is going on. Yeah. And he wraps up with his stick on the floor and Holmes says, you have nearly imperiled the entire thing. And he has to go and sit on the box and behave himself. And yeah. There's lots and lots of instances in the stories where the people actually don't, they make fun of Holmes. They don't They don't think he's as good as he is. That's very good in the Rygate Squires, I think, where the young man thinks Holmes is an idiot. And I think that comes out in the Red-Headed League too with the banker not really believing what Holmes is going to show them. And then, of course, they're all overwhelmed at the end with Holmes's brilliance. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, the Red-Headed... What did they say? As if um, a costermonger had, had tipped over his barrel of oranges when they're looking <laughs> down the street and they're seeing all the redheads, yeah. And, it, I mean, in a, on a plot level, like, I, I really like plot like I, I yes. really that's what the thing I kind of respond to yes. the most in a, in a yes. in any kind of novel or, or short yes. story and it, it's just so beautifully brilliantly plotted and it, yet yes. it is so outlandish this yes. scheme that they've got for for, for um, borrowing yes. into the into the bank and to <laughs> stealing and all the, this stuff. The villain is interesting because he's been to he's the one who's been to Eton and Oxford he's a he's a, a, a fallen aristocrat mm. Um, the villain in the Red-Headed League. I think Spalding, I think that's yeah. him. There's a few um, aristocrats gone bad yes. in um, in the stories, and I, I like that aspect of it too. Yeah, it's it's quite interesting, isn't it, the way that um, he sees through, I think, aristocrats in a way. Like when he, he when they come to see him, he, he picks up on yes. the kind of, yeah. the kind of weird class politics that are going on yes, at the time and yes. especially in his relationship to them yes yes but I, I also think too there's um, there's a strain of real of, of really psychologically disturbing stuff in some of the villains yeah it's in um, the the copper beaches where there's that um, exchange where Holmes is really worried about the little son in this house he's going to because the son is quite cruel. The son, um, yeah, he's a, he's a he's a brat. Yeah. Yes, and he gets birds and mice and he tortures them to death. And Holmes actually says, as soon as I saw the son, I knew that we were in the presence of, of something really wrong. And you mm. judge the parents by the way the child mm. behaves. 
And the blackmail comes up again and again um, in the stories, the Boscombe Valley mystery and um, the, uh, the Gloria Scott, yeah. where somebody has committed a crime in their youth and they come and they establish a good life and then someone from the past, it's so gothic and it's so sensation fiction, yeah. comes and knows their secret and makes their life a misery and feeds off them yeah. until Holmes comes in and, 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 and rescues them. Although often you know, that, that particular person dies at, at the end of the story, they don't survive being, you know, the truth coming out and all the rest of it. So he's actually playing, I think, with some really disturbing ideas of, of cruelty, physical cruelty, psychological cruelty, that add a, a depth to to the stories. They're not just pot boilers. They're not no, just no, absolutely funny not. for the pot puzzle. Yeah. I mean, that's quite interesting because um, <clears throat> I haven't done any research on, on it, but uh, I believe one of the early signs of uh, a serial killer is torture uh, of yes, animals. Yes, yes. You know, yes. And I wonder whether this is something yeah. that um, Conan Doyle knew about or when he sort of wrote that section was this sort of um, one of those common ideas that didn't get developed until psychology yeah. you know, sort of the only other time further. I've come across it is in Agnes Grey and mm. Bronte's um, novel or and Wuthering the, Heights actually little, oh Wuthering Heights too mm. with Hareton is hanging the puppies off Hinley. the back of their head no was it it's Hareton is it Hareton it's actually mm. Hareton <laughs> and um, the, the romantic mm. hero <laughs> yeah. I think I'm right it's not Hindley. Um, and but in um, Agnes Grey the, the little boy tortures animals he he traps them so that he can kill them. So there's a literary background to that. Mm. But yeah, um, I don't, I don't, I don't know about Freud is around uh, 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 in the 1890s, but I don't think, don't think he started publishing yet. Yeah, I think it's, no. I think yeah, he's slightly yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, so that whole and the idea. I mean, obviously, the idea of a serial killer. I think Agatha Christie's the first one who brings in to crime fiction the idea of the a serial, serial the ABC yeah. murders. Mm. So, but yeah, that that um, I mean, obviously that. But I th I would say that that understanding comes more from a literary perspective. Mm. Comes from the Gothic, mm. yeah. and it comes from sensation fiction. This whole idea of madness and disturbance, because I think a scandal in Bohemia, it, it, uh, so much of that is from sensation fiction, mm. the vixen woman yeah. and, and the cross-dressing. She's a cross-dresser. She and the blackmail. And yeah. she's sexually active, and and yeah, and and she dallies with kings, and and yeah. and, and, and and yet she's, she's a dangerous. dangerous. She's yeah. a femme fatale. She's a femme And fatale, that's yeah. all. That's all. Sensation fiction. Mm. So I often say to my students, you. You know that Freud didn't come from all his ideas didn't come from the ether. Yeah, that's all right. you have to do is read nineteenth-century novels mm. and the Gothic. And I think even Freud himself has admitted that um, a lot of his ideas came from They're literature. literature. You know, yeah, the, the They're literary ideas. ideas. Well, I think the thing that we exactly forget right. about Sherlock Holmes because he's you know like there's so many kind of things that are familiar yeah. to us. You know, the yeah. stalker hat, which is not in the stories, but you know, <laughs> in the in the movies and stuff. Yeah. Um, and all of the kind of cultural baggage that comes along with Sherlock Holmes, yeah. is it this, they're really quite dark, many of them. Oh, very dark. You know, they're yes. about, I mean, obviously yes. they're dark because they're about, you know, murder and crime. Yeah. But I think we do actually overlook the kind yeah. of real um, violence and, yes. and the, the, the kind yeah. of more disturbing subject matter, which, as you say, Lee, um, is certainly there in the Copper Beaches because, you know, she's this woman who come, becomes involved with this family is in a very very weird yes. and disturbing situation and they check out that she has no family and yeah they prey before. on her yes they yeah they're, they're, exactly they're predators yes i mean it's it's not it's not um 
it's it's comfort reading in some way, reading Holmes, mm. very much so because it's yes. you know it's so kind of familiar and because it's sorted out. In yeah, the end. and it's sorted yeah. out in the end. Yeah. But I, I don't think that we should kind of yeah. um, skate over. No. The I kind of real right. horror. I mean, even the engineer's thumb when he gets his thumb cut yeah, off. Yes, I mean, it's just, and there's oh. a giggle, the giggling man in that. That's yeah. one of them. Is, is it the engineer's thumb? No, I think I'm thinking of the resident patient. Uh, am I? Or the Greek interpreter, sorry. Is that in the further where, adventures? Yes, yeah. yes. Um, where there's the, the one um, young sort of thuggish man, but the other one is this kind of giggling man who's mm. really even more frightening mm. than than the young man who has the strength to overwhelm the Greek interpreter. But it's in um, the Copper Beaches where there's that famous exchange where, where they're, they're on their way through this beautiful countryside and Watson is looking at these little isolated houses and he said, look how beautiful this is. And Holmes says, well, mm. um, <laughs> when I look at these, I think how easy it is for cruelty, you know, how, who is going to hear the cry of a tortured child yeah. in an mm. isolated house in the country, whereas in the city, even in the slums, there's always somebody to hear if somebody's in trouble. And that's such a flip from the way yeah. that the country has been has been written oh, about in, yes. in, the, in the history yes. of, of English literature, that, yes. you know, the country is this wonderful green, and green organic, yeah. wonderful natural yeah. place where yeah. people frolic and have yeah. great times yeah. and it's all, yeah. and the city is this degraded, terrible place, whereas yes. here the city is... You know, at least there's people about. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> you know? Well, and Holmes is saying that, that the crime is actually worse yeah. in, in the country because it's isolated and all these kind of things mm. that can develop outside the city where at least you have people who, you know, you might have the police and you might have neighbours who can be intrusive, but at least they are, there's a kind of safety mm. in numbers. But I think that the city is also presented as a ruined and dangerous mm. place oh, as yeah, well. Oh, yeah, certainly. So it's just, it, it makes all these kinds of crimes possible. And a lot of the crimes, um, the engineer's thumb, um, a lot of the crimes that the stockbroker's clerk mm. are linked to the new professions. Mm. That's true. So I think a lot of things, people forget that Holmes is, is creating himself through his new work. Mm. He comes, he didn't inherit you know, wealth or whatever, he, although he comes from a family that he says he comes from squires, uh, uh, you know, ordinary, decent squires. But he, his family, Mycroft, they don't have any property. So Mycroft is part of the civil service and Holmes is the cons only unofficial consulting detective. Mm. And Ethan so Watson, he's a working doctor. He's I a mean, doctor. and doctor doesn't have the cultural weight. He's a profession. Wait. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So he's linking that. And these professions are possible in the city. Yes, that's right. So we've got the demonic city and the slum ridden city, but we've also got the city that's full of endless possibility for work and, mm. and, and crime. But yeah, like you see in these in these stories, the idea that like crime is everywhere, and there's all of yep. all of this stuff is going on constantly, and there's all these yeah. references to cases that he's working on that we don't hear about, yes. Or, yes. or you know, I'm I'm yes. I'm balancing four cases at the moment, yes. and this is just the most interesting one this yeah. afternoon That's or whatever. Right. Yes, yeah, yes. So it's 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 yes. a constant kind of yes. um, thing. Yeah. The speckled band as well. That I love the oh, speckled he's a, band, and, and we've got and the he's doctor. A, yeah. Grimsby Royalot in that. He's a scary. He is scary he's a and psychopath. He's, <laughs> yeah, and again we see animals here, although he's not he's not torturing animals, but he's using animals as a mechanism by which to yeah. 
to to get what he wants. It's yeah. quite a, it's again it's surprisingly not surprisingly but um, maybe mean, unexpectedly dark. We can't leave animals without talking about the mongoose in the Crooked Man. Don't you love that one? Where I didn't reread the Crooked. That's not in yeah, the the Adventures. Is well, that in memoirs? Yes, it's a locked room memory. Uh, it's a locked room, room mystery. Sto- mystery. Yeah. And um, they they find out Holmes sees signs that this amazing creature has run up the curtain and he's, he's followed the the footprints and it turns out to be a mongoose oh. called Teddy. Oh, of course. And when he finds out it's Teddy, I, it's my favourite question of all of the Holmes. Who's Teddy? <laughs> says Holmes, and Holmes knows it's an animal, so he doesn't say what is Teddy. Yeah. He says who's, who's Teddy? Teddy? <laughs> and I thought I, I'll forgive him a lot for, for that. Well, which but one? He's the... a wonderful mongoose, and and he's and, and and the crooked man is dark. Yeah, because um, in the the soldier they've been out in India, so it's empire. Yeah, and it's been a terrible um, tale of betrayal and getting the girl under false pretenses, and his sins come back to him. And the crooked man is the poor man who comes back, who's been tortured, and he's he sees the woman he lost, and all yeah. that. It's, it's a wonderful story, and it brings in empire, too. Yeah. So we've been talking about the country, the city, but like the sign of four, there's this... And, and see, Watson comes back from Afghanistan. Afghan- yeah, places, that's right. You know, yeah. They're fighting in Afghanistan in the 1880s. They've always been fighting And then, yeah, to today, yeah. So it's all that empire stuff swirling around mm. the edges of these extraordinarily literary stories. Yeah, it's mm. they're not they're not um, isolated from the kind no, of politics of the day. They're no, very much engaged with that are. late Victorian yes, world. Yes, yes. And Watson coming back wounded and hurt from yeah. the empire, and and they just give him a pension and just you know leave him. Yeah, that's right. And, and he's if, this war hero. Yes, yeah. and if they hadn't, if he hadn't met Holmes, he'd just be what does he call it? The great London, the great cesspool where all the idlers and loungers of the empire gather. Mm. And he includes himself in that. The one that I also enjoyed rereading was um, the blue carbuncle with the goose. With the goose, the goose that laid the golden. The goose that laid the blue, car- the blue carbuncle. <laughs> I love it. I love that there's this that his his thought was when he's got the carbuncle in his hand is oh, I know I'll find a goose and stick it down his throat, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then you know yeah. becomes Christmas dinner. <laughs> and the poor old um, commissioner finds it. And, and there's a reward. I'm really worried about that. Do we ever find out that the commissioner gets the reward? Because Holmes is very imperious as, yeah. as he is. Give me the carbuncle, young man, and go and do this, that, and the other. And I think, well, hang on a minute. Yeah, he's the guy because they're eating the goose. Yeah, that's right. the thing in the crop. And I think, hang on, you know, is the commissioner going to get, get his get reward? His, her, her <laughs> accidentally... Holmes stumbling upon him. Yeah, he's a frightful snob. He sort of dismisses people left, right, I have and to say, rereading these stories, which again I haven't read for about, oh God, only knows, 15 mm. years. Mm. Holmes is so annoying. <laughs> I really, terrible. really hate those sequences. I know that they're kind of fun on one level, but they're yeah. sequences where he just deducts things that he doesn't have to deduct yes. in order to show off yes. his deduction skills. You know, yes. I know that your wife doesn't love you anymore because. 
um, look at the dust on your coat. Yeah, and and, and like, your hat oh. isn't polished. And it's, yeah. yeah, and I just yeah. I find them yeah. tiresome after a while. Like I think yes. that kind of stuff is is yes. cool when you first read it and yes. or when you first come across it. That you know yeah. he's so good at deducing things that you know he can deduce. You know your sock is is yes. there, dirty a, on this side yes. or something, yes. and therefore you've and, done this. And the but mud is of a peculiar consistency. Yeah, or, or then he goes and like you know looks and burrows in the ash, and he says, oh well, this is from that cigar, and I just think stop showing off, mate. <laughs> I think that um, see I I did uh, maybe it was a mistake or maybe it was a good thing to do but I read all the stories in one sitting basically so I sat down and I read everything from the beginning all the way through to the end of the two volumes no all the short oh, stories oh, every, yeah everything oh, every single yeah one. so I'm one of the few oh, people Lord, who didn't Jimmy. actually sort of space it binge out reading. I know it was, it was I, <laughs> severest form see, of now, binge reading I reckon he would really grade on you after he that he did yeah and I think my yeah, um, yeah. formation of this idea that you know, Holmes is really irritating yeah. came round about um, I think after his resurrection yeah. <laughs> because I liked him up until that period and then he started becoming overbearing yeah. and then by the by the last collection of short story he was just unbearable yeah. and, yeah. and it didn't help that Watson disappears um, towards the end uh, yeah, of the series no, too and it was just them. absolutely yeah. unbearable when Watson wasn't there I think there's a few stories um, I noted here uh, two that's told in third person and two that's narrated by Holmes. Yeah. And, and they're not are, in this collection. They're not in this collection. No, no, uh, yeah, they're they're in the later the collections, ones, but yeah. they were yeah. the most painful stories to read. Yeah. You really need Watson to you, humanise Holmes. Otherwise, he's just awful. You do, and you need yeah. Watson's voice. Yeah. You need yes. Watson's presence and his voice yes. in order to really appreciate Holmes as yes. the character. You know, One of the things I often say is the reason we like Holmes is because Watson, Watson does. Likes and so we like Watson, and therefore, mm. by extension, mm. we kind of... Begrudgingly like Holmes. Mm. Well, and and Watson admires Holmes, so therefore yeah. your position to admire him yeah. too. Mm. Yeah. So you know, I was uh, I always think of um, Holmes as that annoying friend who your best friend is, you know, really good friend with. So you're kind of like, oh, yeah. fine, you know, I'll, I'll put up with you. Yeah, 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 do we have to invite him? But all He's right, always showing off. <laughs> yeah. He's so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> but all right, you like him, so that's okay. We'll yeah. we'll, we'll play along with, yeah. with you as well. But one of the main attractions for me, uh, and one of the things that kept me going with all the stories, uh, is actually. Uh, all the side characters, mm. yeah. the introduction, this plethora of amazing uh, characters that some of them, well, most of them only appear for one story and yeah. they just never they, they go. They never, yeah, they go, you know, and I'm always again, yeah. hoping that some of them would come back and yeah. you know, most of them never do. Yeah. Even Mary Morstan, who you know, really gets oh, mentioned. Oh, Mary. And uh, here and there, yeah. but she disappears completely, even though yeah. she's married to Watson. What the yeah. hell happened oh, to her? So and occasionally, well, she occasionally she, she, she <laughs> pops up. you can go off with your friend. Yeah, exactly. She pops up and just says, oh, you better go visit Sherlock. <laughs> and he does. And then never you hear about her again. That's well, that's where women up. are. <laughs> um, it's in, I think it's in... It's in the empty house because I had when I got to the end of this, I had to read the empty house, which is the one where he comes back, which mm. I think is one of the best stories, because Colonel Moran is such a wonderful villain, mm. and he's stalking Holmes with the air rifle. And it was quite a dangerous. I mean, I oh, think it's the only time that I kind of felt a yeah, sense of danger yeah. for Holmes. Mm. Yeah, oh, very much so, and for Watson too. Yeah, it was a very suspenseful. And story, Watson doesn't hesitate to go with him. That's Watson never says no when Holmes says, "Do the let's do these silly yeah. things or dangerous things." Do you, will you break the law? It's just like yes, a bad I best will. friend, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll just leave my doctors, yeah, my medical yeah, practice, yeah. and just and they have follow to kill you around. Off the wife. It, 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 I think it's just got too <laughs> difficult for, Mary, for poor Mary to be endlessly saying, "Yes, of course, dear." Of course, you go off and, and with his hair brain schemes, finding other doctors yeah. to take. This is. 
Holmes gets really annoyed when he asks Watson to do something and Watson starts to say, oh, my practice. And he says, well, if your, if your cases are more interesting than mine. And Watson says, no, no, I was just going to say my practice can be looked after by somebody else. But, yeah, I, I think, um, you see, just listening to what you were saying about doing that binge reading thing, you realise how much the characterisation of Holmes is caught up in the nature of, 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 of what detective fiction is. Because mm. you have to have... He's, he, he knows everything. He can solve everything, almost everything. Mm. So he has to have that kind of grating perfection of observation to him and analysis and deduction. Mm. And I think you're right. When you, when you see that endlessly reiterated... It, it it's just that um, kind of formulaic necessity mm. that bleeds back into a lack of satisfaction with the character. Mm. I, I think that's part of it. It's a, he's a victim of the formula. Mm. Yeah, and and I think he's he's too successful for for too long. Almost. Yes, you know, yes, almost every now and then yes. wish he would just fail something. Yes. Well, that's yes. why *Scandal in Bohemia* exactly. is so is yes. so um, refreshing. Yeah, yes. and. Yeah. Um, I noticed when I was reading a lot of the stories too, when, when they mentioned cases that he's currently working on or having difficulties with, I almost wish um, I could get in on those cases because yeah. I'm actually really curious about those cases that he hasn't solved yet. Yeah, uh, I know that, that wonderful name. He's a giant rat of Sumatra. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, while I was reading, I was thinking, oh, I hope this story pops up later yeah. on. But, you know, they, yeah. they never do. And no, that one of them does. The second does, stain, the scandal of the second stain oh. is the last one in the return of... Sherlock Holmes volume. I pulled that down from my bookshelf and it fell apart in my hands. I've read it so many times. But it's a, that, that, the return is a wonderful collection of stories. Mm. And the second stain is the last one. And that's one of the ones that, that you're talking about that Watson says, well, I see in my notes I have you know, these various cases that mm. you know, you, most of them you don't find, you yeah. hear about, but that one you do. Yeah, I, th I think that's one of the really fascinating things about these stories that um, if you have the time and the inclination... Yeah. You would love to sit down and almost sort of plot out, yes. You know the sequence of events yes. and when things happen. Yeah, that's and, you know, right. It, it, yes. It'd be an undertaking in itself just yes. to do. Uh, and I, think I did. A lot of people have done that. Have they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I attempted yeah. to do that. Like I mean, I yeah. started and then yeah. I got so jumbled and yeah. mixed up. And other one. Yeah. What I don't think Conan Doyle gave that amount of care and attention. No. To the no, stories. he didn't. No, no, he didn't. I don't. I don't think. I, I. I don't think he did either. And I don't think he bothered to check, we know, with the, the speckled band that the snake yeah. can't slither. It can yeah. slither down the bell pool, but it can't, it can't slither. Survive. It doesn't drink milk. It mm. can't survive in the safe. Yeah. There's no such thing as an Indian swamp adder. Blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Apparently the same thing with the blue carbuncle yes. I just read recently. Uh, yeah. you know, uh, geese no don't such, have, you know, yeah, yeah. they don't have the, what do they call it, um, the, where the throat gets stuck. Yeah. Right, the uh, crop. Yeah, the, the crop. crop. Yeah, geese yeah. apparently don't have crops. Oh, so they wouldn't. So, <laughs> so they wouldn't, wouldn't be able be to. There. Yeah, they wouldn't be there. Yeah, so oh that's one of. Oh, heaven's sake! That, that's one of the criticisms oh, really? about that story. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry for that yeah. poor goose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Christmas. Oh, it's already goose. dead. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cooking <Yeah>. a goose. <laughs> yeah, but he's got this madman sticking jewels down his throat. I mean, and then he dies. I mean, poor goose. Where's nice. the RSPCA when we need it? I know. <laughs> This episode's turning into like an animal cruelty discussion. Yeah. I know. <laughs> well, there are so many animals in the stories. There's always yeah. a. So it always yeah. sort of hinges on an animal, yeah. or yeah. or there's some there's yeah. some animals. But, but yeah, I think that you're. Do you think they matter? I don't think that the I don't think the mistakes matter at all. Uh, I mean, no, no, no. like I think that there's a certain kind of 
really obsessive fan that kind of oh, gets hung up on that. Oh, yeah. But I think you just go along with it. Like, I don't care if there's no such thing as anything in Swamp Adder. No, Who cares? It's, no. a, it's mm. a really fun story. Yeah. Yeah. It's really dark. It's gothic. It's yeah, yeah. interesting. It's endlessly yeah. rereadable. And the whole idea of the speckled bandit can be the gypsy bandana and yeah. can be a whole mm. lot of things. And Because I, I remember when I first read it, I... I didn't actually. I didn't know what it was going to be. Yeah, that's right. Well, actually, when we teach this in um, in that particular story in in our foundation unit, Angle One Twenty, and students in the past have gotten very angry at this story because they say it's impossible to to guess what the solution would be, and therefore it's cheating. Oh, it's like it's not. Really? It's not. Yeah, I've had students respond quite poorly because they say, you know, in an in a good detective novel, you should always be able to kind of guess yeah. if you're clever enough, oh. predict who the murderer is, but you could not predict a snake in this story. Yeah, but that idea of fair play never really existed until no, I think Agatha no. Christie. I think that's a, I but th- even Agatha Christie cheats oh, so so do. many times. This I think that that's a very contemporary understanding of detective fiction. That's more yeah. like a kind of police procedural I, kind of thing. I think detective fiction nowadays have to play by those rules, those rules. because oh, it's yeah, under do such they? heavy scrutiny. Oh, are they? And, oh, and with the boring. rise of the... <laughs> yeah. And with the rise of the internet as well, you know, anybody yeah. could just quickly hop yeah. online and yeah. check... A, yeah, a particular yeah. fact. So I don't want to read a story if I can pick out. Yeah, I, I, can, I, I like I, it when I it's. I like being tricked. That's yeah. fun of it. And I often don't try and guess. No, like I, I know don't that either. I know that you're, that's yeah. what kind of you're supposed to read it and think. You know, I'm the detective and I'm going to solve it. No, but I don't oh, want to solve it. I just want to. I want to yeah. be surprised. Because the the, the detective. I mean, the, the writer has the cards. Has all the cards, and yeah. you're only ever going to know what the writer wants you to know. And it, it's all the the you know the goose is cooked the books are cooked everything yeah. the Fred herrings are in place <laughs> yeah you, you never go you know I think that I I don't know do readers exist who want to pit themselves against a detective I think well, that's just plain silly that's the reason I do, even though I find just scandal in Bohemia refreshing in that we have that aspect of of Sherlock failing the reason that that story doesn't kind of appeal to me as much as the others is because it is obvious what's actually exactly. happening. Exactly. Yeah, you, you, you kind of yes. clear. It's as soon as he, he that she walks past him and says yeah. "Good afternoon, Sherlock Holmes," or whatever she yeah. says, yeah. Um, you're like, "Oh yeah, that's Irene." Yeah. Um, yeah. And so there's no mystery. Hmm. No, and then the photo is so important all the way through the story, and then suddenly and then it she isn't. Just, and then she just says, oh, "I won't use it. It's fine." Oh, here you are. Yeah, I've got <laughs> all it. All right. And, and I'm married now, and it doesn't matter. And I thought. How does that work? Yeah, like, well, oh, no, no, don't she, worry about the photo. She, she keeps the photo. Um, yeah, but, but she says, I don't need it. No, no, well, what she says is that she's not going to use it, but it's going to be her protection uh, against the, the king should he ever, um, you know, <laughs> tries to... But what's he going to do? What's he going to do? Well, if he wants to... Uh, well, if he sends out assassins or whatever it is, you know, so it's basically meant to be her tool to protect herself. She has this thing that she can always blackmail him with. So should he ever, you know, take steps towards her... She'll have this protection, so she'll keep it, but she's not going to use it because, you know, she's having. The reasons for him to go after her once she's married—that is, is they don't exist. Mm. Why would he go after her? Well, for for the scandal, I suppose. Because does he is he getting married? He is. Yeah, he he wants to get married, and this photo sort of jeopardizes it. Yeah. So I mean, that's I suppose that's also her point that you know she's happy now, he's happy now, but uh, as a security measure, she would still rather keep. The, the, but then the, it was so the, important the before, and then he just sort of says, all right. That's it. <laughs> all right, you've still got the photo. It's still a threat to me, but whatever. Well, no, no, what, what the king says, you know, I know the story too well, I think. <laughs> what the king said was, you know, um, 
he knows Irene Adler, and if that's what she says, There's then she'll stick to it because yeah. she's she's always been a woman true to her word. Yeah. So if she says she's not going to use it. He'll. That's, so that's that's an assurance why the enough. Goes. Yeah. So she did threaten him with it, which is why he wanted the painting oh, back. Okay. Oh, okay. But now that she has assured that she's not oh, going to use right. it, he's taking her word for it. Oh, okay. Oh, which that's is, all right. Yeah. I which is then went home. Sort of. Yeah. Said, uh, he said, you know, oh, what a brilliant woman. Pity she was below my station and. Holmes says, uh, yes, you know. She was a very different She station. was a very different um, you know, station <laughs> to you. I'll get over it, Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> you lost fair and square. But so that's why that story doesn't work, because it's too, it, it's too, at least to me, it's too obvious what's actually happening. Mm. Um, I yeah. like the stories where there's absolutely no way yes. that you can, like, I mean, the red, the red-headed league, mm. like, Yes. There's no possible way you could guess. See, th- yeah. I think the that stories story. that, um, and, and I think this is one of the things I really love about Sherlock Holmes uh, and talking about Sherlock Holmes too is that different people have different aspects of the stories yeah. that they love. Mm. You know, so, so for you, Steph, you you like the whole mystery of it. Mm. For me, I like it when um, characters have these witty games that they play with one another. Mm. So that's why um, Scandal in Bohemia really, you know, yeah. of course I knew it was Irene Adler, but I love the I love the letter like that yeah. for me was the the yeah. icing on the cake of the story. I love how she just, you know, sticks that knife into him and just sort of twists like around. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I thought, you know, yeah, you know, you, yeah. you got it. You uh, got him good. Yeah, you got him good, you know. Um, and it was just a, a moment of inspiration for me. Uh, and I love it when witty characters are pitted against each other. I love that intellectual game. Uh, and for me, the, the surprise isn't as important as how they play each mm. other. Oh, it's a character. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, so I, I did love um, the... Um, Forgot the name of the uh, of the colonel now, um, uh, with the uh, with the empty house. Um, you, you just mentioned him too. Uh, uh, colonel Moran. Yeah, yeah, colonel yeah. Moran. Yeah, yeah. Now, so there, there's another witty character who you know mm. almost. Oh, he's wonderful. Yeah, he's, he's wonderful. Yeah, and Moriarty. Bag of tigers yeah. is unequal. Yeah. <laughs> and those nemeses of mm. homes, they're yeah. the ones that I look out yes, for. You know, I'm constantly yes. looking out for those sort of characters. Yeah. Uh, because I, I love it when Holmes gets challenged. In that way, yeah. he needs to get challenged; he otherwise, does. he's unbearable. Exactly. Yeah. I think yeah. for me, they're the respite. When, whenever yeah. he gets these characters who are so intelligent that he causes him to work just a little bit harder, a little bit harder. Yeah. Uh, then yeah. I find those stories infinitely more interesting. And it doesn't really matter to me whether there's going to be a, a surprise ending or not. Yeah. Um, that alone is sort of worth it. It's yeah. the same thing that happens with uh, I think Agatha Christie. When I read her stories, I have the same thing. You know, when, when they meet a particularly difficult case, mm. I'm interested in how she goes about mm. you know, solving some of those cases. Mm. Mm. And there would be a monotony too, wouldn't there, if it was just you know Sherlock Holmes easily solves cases. You know, uh, how long can you sustain that? Yes. You know, he mm. maybe he has outlandish cases, but they're cases that are easily solved. He needs to have you know somebody that gives him a bit of trouble that is difficult, that he, f- yes. he has to fail occasionally. Because otherwise, yes. it, it would just be Sherlock Holmes solves another case. It's easy because he's very smart. Yeah. You know, how many yeah. times can you, how, how often can you sustain that? It's nice to have a bit of a um, a real challenge yeah. for him. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I often do wonder if Poe had continued with the uh, the Dupin story, yeah, how far he would have gotten with those stories before he you know, sort of would have gotten sick of it in <laughs> Well, well, he ran up against Marie Roger yeah. and got that so terribly wrong. Yes. <laughs> he had the poor man. He pitted <laughs> his fictional detective against this real story and got it so fantastically mm. wrong. Mm. I no Wonderful wonder. case of hubris, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I've got to ask too, I mean, I know a bit about Conan Doyle and, and his interests apart from Sherlock Holmes. Why did he hate Sherlock Holmes so much? 
Is it just kind of because he had to write a lot of them? Yeah, he he was a serious. He wrote a lot of historical fiction. Yeah, mm. and it's it's pretty and bad, isn't thought, it? I, I've never read it, but he wanted he. That's what he wanted. He wanted people to. to read. Yeah, yeah. Um, any spiritualist stuff. Yeah, oh, he, he, and he he's got wrote, some really weird. He wrote stuff a lot of um, science fiction stuff too, and he he always yeah. thought that his other stories were superior to his. Yeah. So Sherlock is that Holmes why he story. hated yeah. Sherlock Holmes? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, he he in a way resented um, the Sherlock Holmes stories because he thought you know, it's almost like you know. You're writing two separate work and one work which you think is a little bit beneath you, and yes. that's the one that becomes popular. Yes. And there becomes this growing resentment over this yes. creation of yours, which you didn't really yeah. like that much, and this yeah. other one which you prize, yeah. but everybody sort of overlooks and thinks it means rather yeah. boring. Yeah. And, God, and nobody has, I, I don't think any writer has got their own work so wrong. Yeah, I mean, no, that's you know, an interesting point. I think <laughs> he, he did have one science fiction that. <laughs> Was fairly successful. I've forgotten the name of it. It's, it's one of those. Um, what do they call it? Uh, empty or hollow earth stories. You know, where if you go underneath the layers of the, the earth, there's another world. There's another society. I don't know, guys. Like the, the lost uh, was it lost world? Some sort of lost world thing. So he has one of those stories, um, which did become quite popular as a science fiction short story, but nowhere near the no. extent of Sherlock Holmes. No. It's a market driving him. I think mm-hmm. that's what he gets upset about, because what he it. Holmes is a money maker, mm. and he just felt prostituted, I guess, by mm. it. He had to keep churning them out because that's what people wanted to read. And, and in a sense, he's being told what to write. You can mm. see how he started to bridle against. That's what but, I think maybe the psychology well, of it is. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's that lovely story um, about uh, the, the publishers coming in to, to him to say, look, we need Sherlock Holmes back, yes. bring him back. Yes. And he demanded a ridiculous amount, which he thought they would say no to because nobody... <laughs> Would ever demand such a ridiculous amount, and they said yes, and they went, "Oh, crap!" Yeah, now I'm stuffed. <laughs> and then he wrote one of the best stories, yeah. the Colonel Moran and, and the air rifle, made by the blind mechanic von Herder. <laughs> I mean, even the even the names of these stories are oh, fantastic, yeah, like the five yeah. orange pips. Yeah, and, you know. yeah, yeah. That's the one that has the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, the, the five orange Klan's it, has the Ku Klux Klan. It's interesting the way he engages at various points with America and Australia. Mm. Yes, that's right. Because mm. the... Um, I can't remember which one. The Valley mystery. That, oh, that yes, they've, they've, they've just come back from the Australian goldfields. Yes. Yeah, mm. a rat. Yes. Ballarat. Yeah, uh, a rat yeah, is Ballarat, yeah. And is the, the call that... that um, is, yeah, that's yeah. right, that, that he thinks it's the sun. And, yes, yeah. yes. It's quite a dark one, that one, because that's the blackmail one. Yeah. The best blackmail one is in um, The Return, and that's this, um, the story of Charles, Charles Augustus, Augustus Milderton. Yeah. And that, I think, makes up for a lot of Holmes's misogyny because he lets the woman off. She mm. she murders she when they wait that wonderful scene where they they've broken in they have to get the papers and and it all goes wrong and Milverton comes into the study and they, he's cracked the safe and the door is a little bit open and they and the woman walk someone in a veil walks in mm. and and she's the one being black she has been blackmailed and her life has been ruined and she shoots him dead she mm. she shoots the blackmailer dead mm. you've got me he says. As and he, he lets died. her go. And yes, and yeah. Holmes lets her go. There's one. There's a story. I can't remember. We were just talking the, about the, it. And uh, it's the blue carbuncle. The blue carbuncle. Yeah, he lets the he lets, yes. the, lets the, the thief go. go. Yes, in, in yes, yes, yes. He does under the um, uh, idea that uh, if he gets arrested this time, he will turn to an even bigger thief. 
Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's one of those interesting examples, I think, where Holmes makes a judgment call that's um, quite questionable. It's very morally. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's it very is. morally ambiguous. Yeah. And, but in a way, it's one of the things I do actually like about the Holmes story. That yeah. He, he is such a morally ambiguous... Does he say that in certain there are certain crimes that the law cannot touch? Therefore, mm. the private citizen has the right to take take action. I mean, that's mm. a deeply dodgy view to it's hold. It's vigilante. Yes, it's a vigilante. It's the logic mm. of the vigilante. But when he when he exercises that judgment, though, he's yeah. always he's usually not always, but he's usually trying to be compassionate. Yeah, to that yes. woman, for example. Yeah, he's not very good at it, but he is like to that woman. Yes, he is right. trying to he be under, compassionate yes, yes. to the circumstances yes. that led to that. Yes, exactly. so it's it's a yes. weird compassion, yes. but it's a compassion. Yes. But he also, in the more troubling example of the case of identity, he lets the man go who's yeah. been impersonating Hosmer Angel, the, yeah. the lover, but, and he and, won't tell the woman. And yeah. Apparently, no. I would have thought. It was fraud, but but apparently no law has been broken, and he lets um, James Windyback, the the impersonator of Hosmer Angel, in order to defraud his uh, stepdaughter of her money, he lets him go. Yeah, and so she's just got to think and that so this she just man has to disappeared. He disappeared and, and spent her life waiting for him to come back. That's a very disturbing story. Yeah, and then he and then he says, you know, something like about women will just think about, you know, they'll be faithful to the memory of their lost love forever. Oh, he says that she yeah. doesn't, they, they don't want to lose their, um, yeah, and Miss Sutherland, if I tell her she will not believe me, you may remember the old Persian saying, there is danger for him who take for tiger cub and danger also for whoso snatches a delusion from a woman. Yeah. Like, there's as much sense in Hafiz as in Horace and as much knowledge of the world. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. So, I mean, yes. It, 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 oh, that's <laughs> so much better to think that your fiancé's left you for no reason uh, and then just to spend the yes, rest of your life going, hey, is he going to come back today? It's really you know? nasty. And, of course, it's it, it's the vulnerable woman. Yeah. The woman who has some money but who can be tricked out of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah and it's, it's valuable awful. because of the kind of... She's got money, but not yeah, power. So she, the implication is that she has to stay mourning this man so yeah. that her mother and her the husband, new husband can take her money. Literally. Yeah. And it, that's allowed to stand at the yeah. end of that story. Yeah, it's deeply problematic. I mean, it's... Mm. God, well, that's irritating. It makes me think of a comic strip I, I saw once on Sherlock Holmes and it had um, Holmes sitting in the background and Watson whispering to another woman, you know, but when it comes to um, human nature, he has no idea. <laughs> and I think in a way that's, true. that's quite yeah. a true, true. Uh, yeah. uh, assessment of, of Holmes yes. as a character. He's brilliant at yes. looking at the case and solving the case. Yeah. But when it comes to human nature, absolutely yeah. no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Like not a clue. Uh, and he gets it quite wrong yeah. a lot of the time. But yeah. And maybe that's part of the, the dilemma of the detective too. Um, part of them does get things really right and part of them are very intelligent. And that's why you need Watson. Yeah, and that's why you need Watson, but the other part morally is quite it's, problematic. Yeah, and moral, and, yeah. um, and yeah. also the understanding of human nature and not understanding what human nature needs yeah. is also a very problematic oh, um, no, aspect yeah. of Holmes. He yeah. thinks he knows, but he doesn't. No, yeah. he doesn't. So he reduces everything. He ca- I think he calls himself a machine, or does Watson call him a machine? Um but but he reduces he he takes the details away from the human context. Mm. It's like extracting them and putting the little pieces on a puzzle board. Mm. So I think you're right. He knows he knows he knows nothing about human mm. nature. So he reduces every. 
crime mm. to this series of incidents mm. and, and objects and clues that have to be put together. Yeah. And then we solve it. And then he doesn't give a damn about anything. He doesn't want to yeah, know. Yeah, and then he's mm. done. Yeah, it's all done. It's a puzzle. The pieces of the puzzle have been fitted together and then we move And on. the fallout is kind of immaterial. It yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. Watson worries about it. Yeah. But Holmes never yeah. does. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think we've completely run out of time. Um, so ha- happy 125th anniversary yes. to yes. the adventures yes. of, of Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes. Holmes. Problematic, yes. annoying, but ultimately delightful. But brilliant. And brilliant. Um, yeah, and brilliant. Yes. Always brilliant. Always brilliant. Thank you, Lee, for Thank bringing you, this Stephanie. to us. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Jimmy, for Always sharing pleasure, your, your knowledge of detective fiction. Yeah. Um, so we'll see you again in about a week. Um, if you could please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, that would be very, very helpful. Please send any feedback your um, our way. And if you want to tell us about your feelings about Sherlock Holmes and his misogyny, then feel free to drop us a line. All right. Thank you. And if you Bye. have a problem. Yeah, yeah, that's right. If you need, if you have a crime that needs solving. <laughs> Thanks. See you guys. Bye.